coming year. Have you, have you ever had a moment, you're, I think a lot of us have done this, can you imagine how much change there's gonna be in the next 12 months? It's gonna be a very different year. It's a, um, and so much is changing right now. And I, I, I like you, I, I'm, I'm ready to do my part. I'm ready to continue to care for my neighbors. I'll, I'll do that, and to vote, and to really kind of con continue that work on re reducing my impact on the planet. And, I, and I'm going to do those things all the while knowing the truth. The truth is that no one person, no one nation can do it all. Fix everything. In this Lent, I've been really encouraging you to, to get into Scripture, make Scripture study part of, your, part of your life, to discover the power that it has given people over the centuries. And so let's begin today with a Favorite, the 121st Psalm. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From, which, from where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. God will not let your foot be moved. God, who keeps you, will not slumber. God, who keeps Israel, will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. God will keep your life. Those words were written in some pretty precarious times. The people who wrote those words had no idea what their future held. But they got through. It was hard, but they got through. In our need and our precarious time, from where will our help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The Lord is still our keeper. God will keep our lives in this life and the next. Our help comes from God. Now this, of course, does not mean that you just sit back and do nothing and wait for God to do it all, because that's an old story. It's this old story. There was a man whose house was threatened by a flood. When his neighbor left, he said he should come with them. No, he said, I'm waiting for God's help. The water kept rising. A man on a camel called to him, jump on, he said, save yourself. No, I'm waiting for God's help. The water rose to his roof. A man in a boat came by, he refused to get in it. I'm waiting for God's help. He drowned. He was very angry when he came face to face with God. Why didn't you save me? God said, I sent you the neighbor, I sent you the camel, and I sent you the boat. What more did you want? It's an old story. Right now, we need saving. We know this. Now, I, I'm going to just have you say, from in this moment right now, as you're sitting here, if you can do it in the online chat, if you please, too. What do we right now, or just you as an individual, what do you need saving from right now? Shout it out. 
job. Anybody gun violence? What's that? Gun violence, yep, there we go. Climate change, anyone? Yep. Pain? Hate, a lot of hate in the world, yep. Division. Threats weekly of nuclear war. Somebody's threat seems to threaten that almost weekly now, that's fun. Addictions, we, this, all of this stuff. It's all of the stuff that we face. God's spirit is at work in the world. Now, she has given many names in our scriptures. She's called the, the advocate, the, the comforter, sustainer, and especially the helper. She, the spirit, she, she works through people. And maybe not people exclusively, but she definitely works through people. The question is for you is, do you see her? Do you perceive of the living spirit of God? Do you see the boats that she's sending right now? Can you name those? From where will our help come? Do you know where our help is coming? A long time ago, there was a rabbi named Nicodemus, and he came to meet Jesus privately in the dark of night. Hear the story of, of their meeting. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive your, our testimony. If I had told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him 
may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was a group of Jews during that time who, and who um, were about following rules. They, had, they were trying to interpret the Torah, the law for their, for their time. And they were a little concerned about a fellow rabbi, Jesus, about him breaking or them, them perceiving him breaking some of the religious rules. And, and this is interesting. Jesus, or Nicodemus, doesn't just avoid Jesus, just say, you know what, I, I, that's, he's doing his own thing. Forget about that guy. He senses Jesus' spiritual strength. And he's curious. He's curious about Jesus. And so Nicodemus honors Jesus by getting together with him, albeit at night and kind of in the, in the secret of night, and calling him rabbi. He says, we Pharisees, we rule followers, know that you are a teacher who has come from God. We accept that. For no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. We know that you have that connection with God. We see it. Now, as a Pharisee, Nicodemus is one of those people who believes in doing the right thing. Good for him. I, seriously, good for him. Obeying the rules, following the Torah. And he has dedicated his life to that. And that is good. But this is the thing about the rules, though. They can get twisted up. People will intentionally sometimes stick to the letter of the law to condemn someone unjustly or just plain to hurt somebody else. Sometimes people just mean that way. And it happens all the time. You know, actually, corporations have figured this out. We, we know this. We know this from some of the subpoena documents in the last few years. But they took a cue, sadly, from imperial Christian religion. The goal is, the secret, is to get people to feel guilty, and shame, feel shame. Hi, I'm the problem, it's me. Fossil fuel companies have, for decades, they've run these campaigns, and they're using campaigns and these ad campaigns to make people feel responsible for their carbon footprint. They're almost acting like it's empowering you that you own your carbon footprint. So it's your problem. Meanwhile, it distracts from ever changing the rules or the laws or the kickbacks that harm everybody. Distraction. And it's an old old playbook. And the reason it's still an old playbook is because it works. Rules. Laws. They give this illusion of control. And they can be unjustly twisted and used to condemn and hurt people. How many people 
Think about this for yourself. How many people in your experience use rules, be they in government, religion, corporations? How many people use rules in that way to condemn or to harm someone? Twist, they twist, interpret the rules for, that, for their own profit or their own benefit. This, this is the sickness. And it's one of the reasons why I favor focusing on core values over rules. Get into the spirit of the law. Jesus tells Nicodemus that we need a spiritual rebirth to focus on the spirit of love that seeks to save, not to condemn the world. And to do that, to do that, you, you have to get in touch with that living spirit inside of you. And that spirit, that God inside of you, the same spirit that was in Christ Jesus, calls you, calls you to mercy, justice. It calls you to nonviolence. It calls you to inclusivity and compassion. And so when you see, when you witness the sick powers of this world using and twisting the rules in their own way, you remember the, or the words of our faith. Love does not insist on its own way. We say it at almost every wedding. Say it with me. Love does not insist on its own way. You remember that the spirit of love helps us find a path of peace and wholeness for ourselves and for the world. And it doesn't matter if you are the person on the roof in the middle of a flood or you're a person in the boat who is coming there to rescue. If you are in touch with God's living spirit, you have the helper that you need to act when called upon. That is what Jesus taught. Get in touch with that spirit inside of you and let it be reborn in you daily and help you to be the best person you can be for as long as you can be. Nurture and develop your connection to spirit. Next Saturday at 1 p.m., we're going to gather back in this space and online to honor the life and legacy of one such person, a person of mighty spirit. Marion Fleming's body died last weekend at 96 years old. How many of you would have ever thought she was 96? Powerful spirit. Up until months ago, she helped lead this church community's monthly ministry to get out on the plaza and to feed homeless people. She was the one who connected this church community to our Muslim immigrant neighbors because she knew, she, she knew through God's spirit that justice, mercy, and inclusivity aren't just nice words. They take effort and they take work. She knew that they took spirit. Miriam allowed 
God's spirit to work with her to put love into action and right up to her life's finale. She allowed God's spirit to renew her mind and, her, and power her actions until the very end. Her legacy is ours. We claim it. We have seen that living spirit in our world. If you know her, if you, even if you didn't know her, know her, come next week, we'll tell you all about her. And we pray that that spirit connects all of us to the work that we need to do. Will you 